Welcome to the Generation Voids podcast, The Retail Warzone. Here we are, live, live on the Generation Void. We got the Irish Connection has not made it yet, but we have the Mad Dog. Say hi, the Mad Dog. Roof. And then we have the Writer. Much, much less creative intro. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's do this. We'll start with uh, the Mad Dog first. So. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the business, and like what segments of business you've worked in. Um, so I've been in retail for, this is going to be my 21st year in retail. Um, I have done apparel, hard lines, and everything in between, unfortunately. Um, I'm just tired. <laughs> yep, that happens. I'm just, I'm just tired. That happens. Um, so your turn, Ryder. What would you like to tell us? Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm working on about. Well, I was in retail for about 16 years. Uh, 13 of them in, with uh, musical instrument retailers. Uh, 14 of them of my total time in retail, I was a store manager and, uh, I just, as of this week, I'm officially out of the business now. So I'm, uh, I've, I've changed, I've changed industries, nothing but dead bodies in the wake. Nice. Good for you. Glad you got, <laughs> nice. glad you got so out. Jealous. So yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty happy. About so it. one of the things we wanted to talk about was as a store manager, what keeps you up at night? What keeps you from losing, you know, keeps you from sleeping? Um, so how about we start with you, Mr. Ryder? What kept, what kept me up, it feels good to say it past tense, but what kept me up uh, at night was it was the possibility of what could happen the next day. I think that was probably what kept me up the most. It was, I knew that, you know, somebody was going to let, get let go. I knew that somebody I was going to, it, it was anything that could have gone wrong. Like you run it through in your head, you know, and that absolutely kept me up at night was just running through the next day. The day that already happened already happened. But it, for me, it was always the next day running through exactly what was going what was on my plate that day and what could potentially go terribly horribly tragically wrong and that was always always what kept me up at night i concur i feel that i feel that just from a uh, my short time as a supervisor at uncle sam mart there um i was always worried about the truck that was coming in the next day and just worried about how am i going to get these guys to unload this truck well, a lot of a lot of things that you touched on, you know, 
there's a certain degree of those that keep you up at night because you know that you, you don't get to control that decision. Right. Well, that was a lot of, you know, and for me, I was very fortunate during a good chunk of my time to have a really good team. So for me, it wasn't necessarily like the, the part of like getting people to do things all the time. It was a lot more of what could go wrong that I can't control. Like wh who's going to come into the store and cause a problem? Who's going to say something inappropriate? Who's going to do something inappropriate? What's the next what's the next thing that could happen? You know, this particular subcontractor shows up the next day and I know that there's going to be a problem with X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. You know, this particular, because um, in the industry I used to be in, there was a lot of subcontractors. There were uh, particular employees that you wouldn't worry about them doing things, but you would worry about, like, you know, what are they going to be late? Are they going to miss their shift entirely? Are they going to uh, show up in the right state of mind? Like, so much of that, it's not so much getting them to do things, it's that you, you worry about, like, what could go wrong the very next day over things that you, I feel as it's like as a supervisor to get people to do things. If, if it's not as hard to get people to do things, it's really hard to get people to do things well. And I think that's what probably kept me up at night the most. I, I would agree. And you know, it's in that segment of business, you know, given my time at, at the, the, the guitar center, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you dealt with that uncertainty. It, it, it was a totally different level of uncertainty like you would have in like regular retail because you're dealing with, like you said, subcontractors. You're dealing with musicians. You're dealing with people who gigged the night before. You don't know if they're going to walk in completely blitzed out of their fucking mind. And you got a business to run. And, and right. so. Well, and it's that you're responsible for it. Exactly. Too. You know, you're, you have an, they're, poor performance or their performance in any degree is a reflection on you. And so I think that's what probably when I was truly invested in where I worked, um, which, which uh, I was for, for some time, you know, it, you think like, okay, if this person shows up and they flame out or they just have an incident with a customer or you know, getting lifted. You know, if you walk in the next day, I remember coming back from a day from a day from vacation and losing a very high end piece. I wasn't there, but it keeps you up at night. You yep. know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things where you just worry about what is what's what hasn't happened yet. I guess is the easy way to put it, right? Yeah, and and the big thing about that kind of stuff too is that it makes you, from a physical and mental standpoint you feel like you're working 24 hours a day, even though you're, yeah. at your, you're at home, you know, it, it's, it's a constant cycle. Your days off aren't days off. You're, you know, you, you get phone calls, you get texts, you get, you know, crazy shit going on in your store and, and you try to trust the people that you have, but because you're a store manager and because there's people above you, you know, you take on an extra burden. That's almost kind of unfair because there's a lot of things as a store manager that get put on you that you really have no control over, but your concept of personal life is just thrown out the fucking window. It's, it's gone. Well, you're, you're, you're driving a car you don't own. Exactly. You know, the thing is you're, you're, you're driving a vehicle that, um, you know, you have the keys, but you don't own it. Yep. And so you're, you also don't have the directions of where you're no. going. 
exactly yeah that's the thing you know you know uh you know you make a good point it's they'll you know that you have to arrive somewhere you know where that destination is but there's no map it it's it's a thankless position in that way where you you spend more time worrying about what doesn't happen versus what you can make well, happen yes exactly and and you feel like even though there's things that you can't control it's a representation of your leadership and what you're doing and the job you're doing and it's really not and it is it is so mentally taxing and draining that i mean you become soulless i mean you you get sullen eyes and, and you're just kind of you become a zombie and you know well and not not to and i know you asked me a simple question i apologize for going to down the rabbit that's what hole we're here but, for man yeah, <laughs> but but the thing is, is you know, you, what 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 tends to not be talked about, you know, is is when you're a store manager, you're in the middle, so you're uh, you're simultaneously upheld to the highest standard, and yet, you know, I used to always say, there's no doctoral candidates applying for X, Y, and Z where I was working at the time, you know, you're you're dealing. And, the, you know, there's a lot of great people that work in retail, but let's be honest, nobody grows up wanting to sling gear or stock shelves. Bingo. You know, this isn't a dream job for anybody necessarily. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, is a pejorative way, but it, it's not, you know, you go to a lot of professions and it's a lot of people's first stop. Yes. When you work in, when you work in retail, you grow to love it. You know, you grow to love it, then you, you know, then you grow to hate it again. So it's one of those things where you, when you talk about an industry – that in a position in industry that keeps you up at night. Yeah. It, it keeps you up at night because you're responsible for everything. And the talent pool of which you pull from has some gems in it, but it's also got a lot of, a lot of stuff in it. It too. does. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss. You are absolutely allowed. Oh to no, cuss. you're fine. Okay. You're fine. There's, no there's, filters. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of shit and only a few nuggets. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And you know, I think, the one thing that I, I grew accustomed to, and this was something that, you know, even you and I have, have discussed, the amount of disruption to your personal time. I yeah. know there were a couple situations that, that um, we talked about, we'll put it that mm -hmm. way, that were really just fucking shitty. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just shitty. And, yeah. and, and you, you scratch your head and you're like, Man, you, you you go into it thinking, okay, maybe this gig will be a little bit different, and no, it's 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 the same snake with just a different head. I yeah. mean, it really is. Well, to touch on, to touch on something that writer said earlier about, you know, oh, who's not going to show up today? Or you know, listen, when I walk in my building, I already have the assumption that I'm going to work open to close, and if I get to leave on time. That's <laughs> that's the lucky charm because that's not an everyday thing. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that I'm going to end up working open to close. Right. Because, you know, my barely above minimum wage part-timers are going to have something else going on. And when you've got your hourly members of management, they can't go above 40. There's no overtime. So you just, just wind yourself into the ground. You, you hit it, mad dog nail on the head because you are, it's and it's kind of a more, a better way to put what I just said, where, you know, you're, you, there's nothing wrong 
with the part-timers having something going on because it's a part-time minimum wage job. We're asking too much of the people at the bottom. We're not asking enough of the people at the top. So you're in the middle as a store manager trying to, you know, navigate through all the rest of it. So I, yeah, that was, yeah, you walk in, you know, you get there an hour early, you stay an hour late and anything other than that is just like a, you know, a holiday bonus, right? Yeah, and then. Well, you know, I, I understand that people have things going on and I literally had to say this to somebody the other day. <laughs> I said, you are scheduled a six hour shift three days a week. You have all the other hours of all the other days to handle your business, but you signed a contract and you agreed. And I am accommodating this bullshit availability that you've given me. And you're telling me that you can't come work this six hours. Right. I, I, I might just be tired though. I might be a fine. I, I, I will tell you, uh, writer that here in our area the the talent pool is god fucking awful and <laughs> and you 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 start to get desperate and you you'll just hire a body that's breathing because yeah. that's <laughs> oh. all you can do all right and we're back irish connection say hello hello everyone all right. So you haven't really missed anything. What we've been talking about is things that keep you up at night. And since we got you here, um, <laughs> what I'd like for you to do is kind of talk a little bit about yourself. You know, how long you've been in the business, what sectors, will it be, you know, clothing, grocery or whatnot. And then we will continue. Okay. Um, well, uh, it's predominantly been um, in textiles, clothing, um, and that was more by accident than choice. Now, um, in terms of how long I've been in retail, probably about 20 years, um, uh, various different jobs within retail. Uh, now, like a lot of people, I, uh, I got into retail and kind of got stuck, you know, uh, after a while. You know, it's. I mean, this feels almost like retail AA. You know. Um, yes. You know, I, I started. I started retail when I was. Uh, you know, I was in school. Uh, a lot of my friends were doing it. Uh, then one thing led to another. Got hooked, uh, and then I couldn't get out of the damn thing. Um, but uh, really, it's. Uh, I've worked in uh, various different places. I've worked for big box. I've worked for family stores. Uh, they're all very different. You know, they they offer um, a different perspective on retail, each one of them. But, you know, uh, they all have their the same kind of uh, theme running through them. Uh, and that is that, uh, if I can speak frankly, you're their little bitch. Um, and... Uh, and at the end of the day, no matter how good you do your job, as soon as you become less than useful, you are absolutely fucked. And and you end up uh, going to the next person that will do that to you. You know, it's like an abusive relationship. You're 100% correct. And we and we just kept going back for more, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so. Uh, and, and look, it's, uh, yeah, sorry. Continue. No, go ahead. 
Well, look, in terms of what, what interests me, and I can't explain this about myself, really, looking back on it, is, is, is what kept me up at night. It doesn't make sense. It wouldn't happen, well, it may happen in some other industries, but it, predominantly in retail, especially as, uh, in management, um, you know, you feel like you're, you know, you're intimately related to this job and you, you, you can't get it out of your head. Um, and you're responsible for everything that goes on the store. Every time your phone beeps, you know, you start, you know, you, I mean, you're neglecting relationships and all the things that you do to provide for a family. You begin to actually um, neglect those relationships and, and prioritize uh, work um, as, uh, and I, I can't really explain why I did it, but it's a running theme. It happens to a lot of managers I've seen, you know, and, uh, um, I don't know why we essentially marry a job that will be unfaithful to you in one second. Oh my God, you are you are just that is the most eloquently put description of the bullshit I have ever heard. <laughs> that is amazing, and you're right. You know, we do marry ourselves to it, and our personal lives suffer for it. My wife will be the first to tell you. There have been plenty of places I've worked where I was, you know, not that I've not always been an asshole, but it got worse with some places that I worked because you can't rest. There was one time, Russell, you remember, um, what was her name? Uh, Selena, was that her name? So we hired this assistant manager and she just kept calling and calling and calling and calling. She, She couldn't retain anything and evidently she was on drugs. My wife is hearing me hollering on the phone, and one of the only times I picked my cell phone up and just threw it against the wall. Because I, I, I'm like, I'm off work. Leave me the fuck alone. But you're right. You marry it, and you feel like, I mean, you sleep with it. I mean, you really do. It's, it's, and you're right. Nobody really knows why we did it other than the fact that it goes along with, you know, like I've said, retail doesn't pay you what you're worth. They pay you just enough to keep you. Well, and and Steve, it's even after you leave too. That's I was answering my I was answering my phone for my last job for four, five, six weeks after I man, left. Man, I would have been like, "Fuck y'all." <laughs> well, that's that's what it is. Is it's that you become invested in it. They give you they give you enough equity that you feel like you're a part of it. But what you don't realize until they either take it away or you leave. Like that you realize, oh, it was never there in the first no, place. You, you're never as important as you feel like you are. You're just a cog in the machine. You're a part that can be replaced. Now, in defense of you, without going into a lot of detail, I know the things you did. And I, out of all the people I've ever met in my career, on the surface, the treatment, that was just obscene. Sorry. <laughs> I appreciate the sentence. And I mean that. I've said that to you a lot. And, and I, I'm, I've been doing this my entire life. So it's not like I've got anything to prove to anybody. But when you see bullshit, you see bullshit. It, it was a, it was a um, only speaking to my personal experience, it, it was a tough, uh, it, it didn't start out that way, but it ended. It ended on a on a tough note, but just because, like we were saying, like Mad Dog was saying, and like the Irish Connection said, you know, it, it you feel you feel like you're 
you're elevated to this status where you're part of something, you know what I mean? And you're, and you're doing things and then you, you know, the next month turns over and you're no longer green, you know, you're, you're in the, you're, you're flat and then you gotta, you do it again and then you do it again and you're great until you're red. And then when you're red, it's all your fault. Well, it, it's, it's like a, um, it's kind of like a house of toothpicks. You know, you, you build up, you're green and your house gets bigger and you're green and your house gets bigger and you're green and your house gets bigger. But the whole time, you know, you, what they're, what they don't tell you is that there's this one magic toothpick. If they pull it out, the whole thing collapses. Yep. And then you have to reprove yourself again. And which is, so, which is bullshit. Right. It's a treadmill. It, I, I used to call it the treadmill of pessimism because, you know, as, as the, you know, you're, you're on this treadmill and like you get up to just enough speed that you feel good about yourself. And then, you know, the night, then the first red month comes around and the treadmill speeds up. Yes. And, and, you know, the bad part about it is for whatever reason, although they all have the mental capacity in every business to understand this at at a certain point in time, after being in a location, after a building, I'm I'm talking about the team after a building being a location, five, 10 years, it starts to plateau. Okay. You'll have some months where you're up a little bit. You'll have some months that you're down, but you've already saturated the market there. There's not a whole lot of people moving there. Your customer base is not going to grow that much, but somehow, some way, it's your fault that it's down. Yeah. You know. Oh, um, what I love that I'm down because. I have shitty product. I'm down because the banks haven't released this stimulus and nobody has any money, but that's my fault. Nobody has TV money yet. I don't have TVs to sell them. (laughs) Well, I I think everybody here can, can agree that as a store manager, when things are great, it's great. But when things are bad, it is no matter what's going on in the world around you, it's your fault. Always. So I'm I'm a little bit of the opposite of writer of what keeps me up at night. What keeps me up at night is what variable am I going to get blamed for tomorrow that I have zero control over? Like when our DC got snowed in and I didn't get a truck. So therefore I didn't have any new merchandise. Was that my fault? Absolutely not. But I got blamed because my sales were down. Yep. I have not had a functioning store phone for about three months. Oh, that's a blessing. (laughs) Well, you would think, but not when you need to hire because the little piss ants that you have now think that going and getting their eyelashes did and going out with their boyfriend and basically doing anything else is better than coming to work. I, I, I want to say something about Mad Dog here. All right. So she I'm just gonna she, say Alex has left the chat. Yeah. She has she has um she works for a quote unquote bargain store, all right? And her background does not allow her for her store to look like a bargain store. Her store looks fucking phenomenal. It is in great shape. Well, at least the last time I was there, it looked great. And you could tell work was put into it. 
I, I can promise you, you can go to one of those exact same buildings around the area and no one is going to look that good. And, but still she catches shit. <laughs> She's got the best looking one around and it is like, Oh, you're, you're not good. And again, it, you know, it kind of goes back to something that we were talking about a little bit earlier. When you're up against numbers from a previous year, when we weren't in a pandemic, when, and that, that's still what I'm up against at the moment, is pre-pandemic numbers. Um, so I, I don't know what you want me to do with that when people still had their jobs. Because I lost my previous job April 6th of last year. So are we talking about the, are that. we talking about the decor store? We absolutely are. Fuck that place. Continue. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And he can he can ride his little fucking girlfriend all the way back to wherever in the hell he came from. Oh shit. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> anyway. man. Oh boy. So you know, but again, at this point in time last year, say from January to now, we are we are up against pre-pandemic numbers, which are astronomical considering we can't get product, considering nobody has any money, and then being in a situation where you are desperate to hire, but people are now getting the stimulus, they're getting the extra $300 a week from unemployment. But they're going to they're Best Buy, not coming to see you. Correct. I walked into Walmart the other day to get salad, and some dude walked out with a 70-inch TV. I'm like, he got his stimmy. Hey! They're not coming to... Oh, sorry. They're not coming to where I'm at. It's about fucking washcloths. Okay. They're not. I'm going to stop you for a second here, because you you just jarred my memory on something. So we've got three managers here from different walks of life, and we've got managers out there watching. So I'm going to pose something to you from an ethical standpoint, and I want every one of you to chime in and tell me what you think. So what would you think about a district manager who keeps talking about the store they used to run is so great, and the manager currently running that store is his brother. No, 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 no. No, he was banging. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And this same district manager's brother works underneath him. Now, to all of you out there in retail land, would you not think that that would be a conflict of interest, and some things would need to change? But, Steve, you forgot about the part that every time he travels to a different store. Oh, yeah. He brings the girlfriend with him. She comes with him. Yep. They drive one car. They get one hotel room. Seems uh, less than professional. It is, but what that situation proves to everyone is that the good old boy network is alive and well because the regional vice president does not give a shit. Right. Anywho, Here, here's um, my thing about that. Hold on, one more thing. Here's my thing about <laughs> you. Alex is laughing at the at what Hero just posted. 
somehow it took you 11 years to get to that position. What, to, D to DM? Okay? Yes. Yeah. With Ooh. the same it took you 11 years. Uh, no, Russell. I disagree. It is his personal life. But when it becomes blatantly obvious and it crosses over into business and favoritism is there, yeah. It, 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 that's not getting the job done. That's causing drama where none needs to exist. Ooh. He does get the job done. Well, that's right, because it, it was my understanding after I left, there was a conversation that was overheard talking about how he was grading his stores higher than what they actually were. Ooh. You are correct. Yep. He was pence whipping his evaluations just like the bald one did. Fuck the bald one. And, yeah. Yeah. And the rag that he uses to shine his head. Mm. But <laughs> that he was doing the same thing that the bald one was doing. No, and no, the bald one was sitting the bald one would sit in guys, this is this is no shit. This is a true story. Sit in the office, eat gummy bears, watch football. He, yes, he would sit with his feet up on the desk and watch football. And at one point in time, 100%. sat in the office with his feet on the desk playing a Nintendo Switch. All right, I say we get the bald one and we get the mad dog on here and we have a court Oh, session. fuck no, man, because... <laughs> you, no, I would reach through the phone and touch someone. Yeah, you'd see some sort of paranormal bullshit go on. I, <laughs> I would love to see that. Anywho, I just want to read some chats real quick. Um, Beba says, hello, gentlemen. Hi, Beba, if you're still watching. Um, this stream is going to be a lot more long-winded and ranty than usual, and it's beautiful every second of yes. the fuck the day. I look forward to firing people. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's Whoever. what I say. You need to come be my boss. She'd run Jesus. you in the ground, Alex. You'd go home crying. I, I don't care, man. I don't care. Who said, they, a, who they, said they look forward? Man. Who said they look forward to firing people? Mad dog. Today. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my! I God. understand why. I have I have the inside scoop. Um, <laughs> Ryder, you're 100. percent Hey, Ryder, you got some fans. <laughs> oh, all right. There's one. Talking about having just bodies in the building. <laughs> I, 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 I would like to shout out to Kira Christine. I don't know who Mad Dog is, but I love this woman. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I was about to get to that one. Steve, you're a sweetheart like me. We just let our sarcasm do the talking. We nice assholes. Steve, one time my mother actually, when she met you at Felmark, mm -hmm. my mother was like, Steve is such an ass, but he's one of those nice kind of asses. That's Brilliant. hilarious. <laughs> Mission accomplished. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, that's a fun, that's a funny story for y'all. Uh, when um, my mother went up to the store one time, I didn't go with them. Met Steve. Was this the seizure? They was this the seizure say, story? No, 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 oh, no, no, no. Shit. They walk up, they, they walk up to Steve, and they say, "Hey, you know, we're Alex's parents." And this motherfucker, he just says, "I'm sorry," <laughs> and that's all he says. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Steve. Yep. Yes. Beautiful. So, beautiful. and I have no doubt that he said it with a straight face and then just kind of like turned around and walked away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, hey, that, Steve, that's... Remember that night? 
That's the way. Remember that night we all got out of my little tiny little pocket car, like six of us, and you're just standing outside the building, just start shaking your head. I remember standing that's... outside the building, shaking my head a lot there, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story that we talk about. So let's do something real quick. I have to step away for just a second. You guys continue. Um, Irish Connection, you still with us? I am indeed. Okay, so Alex, um, chat. So this gentleman, and obviously judging by your accent, you are native? Yes, I am. Correct. Okay. Um, this is your opportunity to ask this gentleman how different retail is overseas. So ask away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, how different is it? Because over here in the U.S. of A., a lot of complaining, a lot of Karens, a lot of Kyles, a lot of people just complaining for literally zero reason. So tell me, do y'all have employees that like are just really focused on working or is it about the same and you just have a ton of laziness over there? Okay. Um, well, in the first instance, I suppose the, you know, if you, if you were to travel here, you may be unfamiliar with the, uh, you know, in environment or the landscape. We drive on the left-hand side of the road here, but mm. you would be right at home in retail. <laughs> oh, it's just no different. It well, I won't say it's no different. I mean, I'm reasonably familiar with the states. I've been there a bunch of times. My wife is from Buffalo, so I do know the states. I've shopped in the states. I haven't worked there, but my wife worked retail uh, in in the states. So it is. Not identical, but it's it's very very close. Um, um, so I'd... we do have our Karens, we do have uh, Kyles. Probably, uh, maybe a little more infrequent. I think the culture over here is a little less tolerant for that. Um, but in terms of the actual job, they care about you just as much as they do over there. Uh, I have somebody in chat. Wow. I have someone in chat asking you: Are the customers still entitled assholes? Do they shit on the floor of your restrooms or your dressing rooms? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a Absolutely. I have a question for you, personally. Have you ever seen Sergeant Ducky on YouTube? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> you, you remind me a lot of him. <laughs> I have a funny feeling I might have worked with him at some point. Because <laughs> that guy, I literally sat down and watched every one of his videos in one day. Oh my god, and it just enthralled me just to know that retail is just kind of global, just around the earth. Well, look, 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 retail, retail is like the front page of the public. You know, you you they seem to let down their guard and and uh, 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 when they go into a store and they, you know, they don't realize that they're in public. It's like you, you you know that people can see what you're doing and, and and hear what you're saying right you know this isn't uh it's just really strange it, it, it you know as soon as they walk past the the front door they they, they just be, they take on a different form um now in fairness most customers are actually okay but they're not the ones that stick in my mind you know um employees yeah they're I suppose it might be appropriate for the name of this channel. You call it the Generation Void. That there is an actual Generation Void in in in, in retail. Okay, um, we've got older employees that 
started working 25, 30 years ago, that they are locked into these ironclad contracts and they stopped giving a fuck about 20 years ago. <laughs> and you can't get rid of them. They're just impossible. They're unionized, all that sort of stuff. Um, then you have the middle people, which I, I'd be in the middle. Um, but then you have the younger generation coming in and the first thing they do is not give a fuck. Because they, they have it in their minds, fuck retail, I'm only doing this to get a, you know, uh, you know, some, some money. I'm going to college, I'm going to do something different. And, and very often that's not the case. They get stuck. I got stuck. It was after a couple of years when, you're, when your resume reads retail, 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 you can't move. Well, you can move. It's not true. I found it very difficult. To move. No, that's, no, that's actually very true. That actually happened to me. As I started working with Steve here when I was 18 years old, as you know, I was like, oh, I'm just going to work, save me up some money, get me a car, et cetera, et cetera. And it has literally been until the past two years now that I've worked in retail ever since. And I am 28 years old, to, like as of current. Alex. Well, it, it's, it's true that what, he's, what he says is, is, you know, it's kind of the front page of the public. It's the one place where virtually any walk of life can go and have that sort of superiority complex where, you know, I – you must you must be here because you did something wrong. You must be here because you didn't do, try harder. You know what I mean? It, it's like they it, people go in there with that sort of superiority complex, so naturally they're more um, they're more ready to be like condescending. They're more ready to be you know sometimes downright abusive towards retail associates because they walk in knowing oh well I'm better than that person. You know what I mean? Um, I got one more question for you real quick. Hold, hold, hold up, hold up just a second. There's something I want to point out here. We have a statement here. We can't find people who want to work. Um, are you okay with me saying the profession that you're in, Miss Lister? I think it's kind of important. Not where, but what industry. And, uh, Irish Connection. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up. Because okay. th this actually goes hand in hand with everything we're talking about. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you, I got you. Um, um, okay, personally, so, so Irish connection. I love to hear you speak. So, so here, here we go. <laughs> so, Miss Lister works for an employment agency. She is one of those places where they try to get people jobs. And, yep, temp agency, and. Her comment was, we can't find people who want to work. I will say Mad Dog and I know this better than anybody because we had to use those services, um, other ones, um, and what you got sent were terrible because you're right, Tiffany. People don't want to work. They really don't. But it's the same mentality, though. It's the same mentality when you're trying to hire somebody directly for a retailer they want to work when they want to work and they want the money they only want the money like if they've got some some bill that they have to pay but to have to do it every day and continue to do it that's not their thing and that's what appeals a lot to people who work for the tip agency they can easily say no i don't want to take that job 
because they know, oh, well, I only need $300 for this bill so I can not work these days and then just go to work these days and I got that bill covered. Right. Now, Mad Dog, I'm about to respond to something that Miss Lister here posted about. We had 10 people scheduled for orientation and nobody showed. You know my plight. I, <laughs> I talked to you a lot about what happened. There was a day that I called 50 people, 50 people, and I confirmed 30 of those for interviews over the next however many days. And it was like less than 10 actually showed up for the interview. That's how bad it Steve, is. Steve, I sent out over the Ooh, course of three days, Hold up. I sent out 60 open interview invitations to people who had applied to me. I didn't go search them out. They applied to me. I sent out 60 invitations for interviews. I had one person show up for a part-time position and he wanted full-time $22 an hour. And I said, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think you can wow. read because that's the complete opposite of what the posting said. Agreed. I have, I have to get a question in here because I, I'm curious about this myself. I didn't think about this. Irish Connection, inventories. Do you have outside inventory services that come to your stores, or do you do that in-house? Well, for the most part, it's in-house. I mean, those those people do exist, but it's, uh, um, it, it's mostly an in-house thing. I know here we have a company called RGIS, and then there's also mm -hmm. Washington, which is WIS. I don't know if they're international or not. And what I have found is even though it's more time consuming for you to do it in-house, your actual inventory it's counts are boring. better. They are better. It's also, in, in my experience anyway, it's, um, it, it's, it's almost never been cost-effective to do a fucking inventory because especially in the bigger box stores, the, it only, I mean, once you, once you get it done, it only takes a handful of, you know, idiots to screw the entire system. But you're right. So, you know, one person forgets to input a truck and you're screwed. You're screwed forever. You know, it's until the next input. So let me ask you, as far as like American brands there, do you have like TJ Maxx and Marshalls and Coles and that kind of stuff? Uh, no is the short answer. Uh, we do... Um, very often they would they would uh, run under a different name here. Like we've, uh, I'm pretty sure we've Home Depot here under a different name because it's the same branding. I think they just call themselves something else, you know. Um, and uh, but in general, we're more European and UK kind of influenced. Uh, we have a lot of our own indigenous stuff too, but um, not a huge amount of. Uh, it is a different landscape in, in terms of branding. It is. Please let me know. I'm very curious. Is there an Irish Walmart? <laughs> no. Uh, wow. There is not. They. Um, no, I mean, we do have what you would call an Irish Walmart, in a sense, but it's nothing to do with Walmart. Uh, um, the The market's actually pretty balanced here in terms of big box. Uh, we have an indigenous uh, Irish store that represents about 20% of the market, and then the good old... Uh, Germanic influence stores uh, have about 15 each, um, you know, and the rest is just kind of missed. Tesco is here, for example. Well, I, I, one thing I do want to throw out there, and and because I, I just look at pictures because I'm scared to fly, um, the Irish <laughs> landscape is beautiful. I just want to say that. I just want to put that out there. 
Thank you. Uh, well, look, I mean, it, it, listen, I mean, I, I've been coast to coast in the U.S. and you guys have a beautiful country. I mean, I, I do I do truly enjoy uh, being in the U.S. It's a, it's a great country. Um, but I mean, it's the, I mean, if I was to be honest, the, the one stand difference I felt uh, when I was in the States, um, your the, the the employees on the ground are definitely pushed more to approach customers and and uh, you, you I mean you won't be Passes. two steps in the door someone walks up and just says hey can I help you and it's like Jesus Christ I, I, I'm just, I can't even I haven't even got my bearings yet you know <laughs> wow so that that is that much different than there yeah it, it's it would be the biggest um, it would be the biggest kind of cultural difference that I that I've noticed uh, uh, is that you know we tend to let the customers set so and, and frankly, if I'm honest, it works better. You let the customer settle, and they they gravitate over to something that they are looking at. You wait for them to scratch their head and look confused, and then you approach them, as opposed to approaching them off the bat. You know, which just fucking annoys people or annoy me anyway. Oh well, I, I agree. I, I I would be a much more comfortable shopper in Ireland, evidently, because people start yeah, harassing same. me now. It's like, get, just just leave me alone. I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> You know, I'll, if I need help, I'll ask. But you know, here, here we're graded on that. Correct, and, and that brings yeah. up another I, question, I, I, Amanda. Hold on. I, mean, I literally had a pop-up visit yesterday, and we got blasted because the split second they stepped foot in the door, somebody didn't scream at them. Hey, how are you? So, do you have and and do you have secret shoppers Irish connection? Uh, yes, we do. And they, they actually, secret shoppers are almost exclusively temp workers that don't give a shit about the <laughs> two-day job that they just got. So it actually means nothing, really. Oh, wow. Great. Nice. But yeah, um, Mad Dog is correct. We do. We get graded on that. It's like mm -hmm. if, you, if you don't approach a customer within like, do you guys ever hear in Ireland the 10-foot rule? Actually, that's not something I'm familiar with. What? Oh, oh, whoa, oh, wow. Wow. So so here's you some some retail United States culture. Who wants to talk about the 10-foot rule? Go ahead. Somebody. Go ahead. <laughs> so if you are within 10 feet of a customer, you are expected to speak to them. Hey there, are you finding everything okay? Your number one response is gonna be, I'm just looking. Yep. Fantastic. I don't care. I have to speak because I'm told I have to speak. That helps prevent loss. That helps with no, loss prevention. No, it does no, not. It, <laughs> that, that customer service bullshit to stop shoplifting, that is bullshit. Yeah. The, like, a lot of that stuff doesn't wash with me, at least. Look, uh, most of these um, kind of uh, policies, procedures, and marketing strategies are thought up by people who are armchair generals. They have not been on the floor. And one hundred percent. Jesus, we we we've got a few of ours here as well. Same type of thing. Although the ten foot rule just wouldn't wash here. Irish culture is a bit different. You'll be told to fuck off pretty quick. Oh, you know, hero, we got to move. Ireland. It's hero. Pack up. We're going. Yeah, I, you know. I'm trying to go up there. Do you guys have like? customer surveys that are printed on your receipts where the customer gives feedback on the conditions of your store were you greeted 
could you find everything? Did you get assistance? Did somebody lick the floor? Like, do you have these asinine things that the customer has asked? Yeah, they, they, uh, we do. Uh, and usually it comes with some sort of an incentive, like you'll be entered into a draw for some right. other crap. But the, oh, see, the, you do the opposite here. You don't get an incentive. You just get yelled at when somebody complains about something yep. that you have no control that over. That is correct. Oh, no, I meant that the customer will be entered into a draw as an incentive to actually fill the thing out because it's just not something that would be done. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, if, if a customer has a problem and they're a bit of a Karen, they, would, they will probably raise it in store. And, uh, but, like, as you, as you all know, like, 80% of your complaints come for 20% of your customers. Like, so we, we kind of know which ones to ignore and which ones to take seriously, you know. Um, but in terms of, like, those, those things do exist. It is an American influence that we have here. And it's usually some bullshit company that's third party that, that dishes them out. You know? Well, it's 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 one of those things too. Like you said, you know, eighty percent of your complaints come from twenty percent of your customers. It, it would it would be a really valuable for, source of feedback if it, they weren't taken by you know these are sent to people that are offsite, have no idea who your team is, have no idea the can the actual situation on the ground in your store. You know they're um. There are situations where I the only one of the uh, worst grades I got on one of these, you know, I, external surveys was when I didn't, uh, you know, kind of the what you know, Mad Dog was touching on earlier. I didn't greet the customer within uh, it, at our store it was uh, 30 seconds of entering the door. And uh, it was because I and the customer noted it. I was literally laying on the ground disassembling a piece of merchandise that I had just sold. And because of that particular grade, uh, you know, it, it affected the stores, you know, the, the rest of the month. That's all they could talk about. And the situation on the ground, you know, it, it's sent to someone who's not in your store who doesn't know that we were down two people that day. I had a total staff of seven. So, you know, that's pretty significant. It, it's sent to – it could be so valuable. But instead, it's just used as leverage against store managers that they're not doing a good enough job. 100% correct. Absolutely. So we have we have these surveys. It's a recent thing that we've paid an absorbent amount of money to get this quote unquote useful data. So I've gotten all fives except for the fact that they leave a comment about why are we still requiring them to wear masks in the store, which A, doesn't have anything to do with me at store level. Two, doesn't actually have anything to do with the company. It's still state mandate. Time out. Continue your train. Wait a minute. No, continue your train of thought. I just, you, you talk about the complaint. We're not going to go any further than like COVID and all that stuff. You know what I mean? That's fine. Right, cool. But so even though I technically got the grade of five, but because they left this negative comment, even though they gave me highly satisfied on everything, because I got a negative comment, it took me down to a zero. Ooh. Yes. That sucks. Yes. So some of the other complaints that we have gotten have been lack of merchandise. I have zero control over that. But you get dinged. At, you well, get dinged on that. We get dinged on that. 
the variety of merchandise, which I have been preaching for months now. Again, zero control over that. Marketing girl needs to get out from underneath the desk. So do the buyers. Get out from well, underneath the desk, get off your knees, and do the job. Well, here's the thing. I mean, and, and we know this, all of us here, we know this. You know, anything that corporate or distribution is responsible for, we're, not we're always going to take the blame. And that's why we had an episode a few weeks back talking about why the review process is bullshit because you get graded on things you cannot control. And it is just another Which mechanism. Yeah, it's just another mechanism put in place to keep from increasing your pay. That's all it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it, it's interesting because you talk about, you know, like mechanisms put into place, you know, so much it's true because so much of our performance is gauged by things like intangibles. You know, how many good employees have you lost because they did, were slouching or how many employee good employees do we lose because they're kind of railroaded, right? You know, out of, out of where they work. I can think of, I can think off the top of my head of four employees and that's you know it's that's kind of a four employees that had future management potential just good quality people um that were lost one of them because and i'm i'm quoting a former supervisor so there's no uh there's no uh currentness to it but uh you know he looked too, too casual um, he just he just looked too casual on the sales floor, so he was transferred to another store and ro- railroaded out of the company. And 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 with that business, my God, look, do we do we really have to go into wear dress pants and dress shirts? I mean, seriously, right? I mean, we you know it's true. It's 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 a lot of you know. I, I think we're all going to kind of say the same thing in some ways where. You know, it's it's kind of like you're set up to fail, and what makes you a good manager is that you just you overcome those obstacles. Uh, you know I, mean? I won't. You've just. I, mean, I won't pose I, a I've question real quick. HR. I've had HR watching video and call me on my cell phone because I had an associate mm. that was wearing a jacket over her uniform shirt. Yeah, cameras are bad. Because they made us. Because they made us hold the doors open. Hey, Mad Dog. So that we had to touch the doors. Mad Dog, I got a great cam- corporate watching camera story for you. You want to hear it? Shoot. So back when I worked for Jesus's Craft Store. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Jesus's Craft Store, we were closed on Sundays, right? But our district manager was like, you're closed on Sunday, so you can bring in a team, save some payroll, and you can do these projects, and you can be ready to go by Monday. So at the time, I worked for Jesus' Craft Store. One of the big selling points was, oh, you're off on Sundays. No, the fuck you weren't. The DM says go do this shit. So we worked probably during her reign 70% of the Sundays doing projects and stuff until they decided to start installing cameras. And it was hilarious because Jesus's craft store decided we're going to like get cameras to transmit to heaven and we're going to put them in the stores. <laughs> and they just assumed the stores were closed on Sunday. And then one random video, somebody catches a blip of somebody running to like the trash compactor on a Sunday. And they're like, Oh God, 
Jesus is pissed off. They're in the building working on Sunday. Oh, oh Jesus is going to strike us down kind of thing. And this memo comes out like immediately the Monday following that if you were found working on a Sunday, you would be terminated on the spot. Do you think the DMs took any accountability for that bullshit? Oh, hell no. Well, well, my question is, is how did Jesus's disciple not know that <laughs> was Jesus's day and that that was the day that you rested? Because I'm pretty sure well, that when she became a disciple, she knew all the rules and regulations of working for Jesus. She wasn't the only one. All the DMs are doing it. And, you know, if, if we're going to be really, really particular about it, I'm probably going to hell just for the music I played on a boom box on Sundays at Jesus's craft store. So let's just put that out there right now. Not. I mean, that's not why you're going to go there, but we all got bus tickets. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I've done worse. I mean, I figure if I'm going, you know, when I get there, I'll be like, hey, get out of my seat. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I've driving. just a little bit worse. Anybody nobody, nobody catch the irony in a corporate employee working and catching someone working? Yep, that's 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 true. That's true. So, that's amazing. Um, so, uh, Irish Connection. I got this is kind of vendor specific. What's the music store scene like there? Do you have big stores, AKA like guitar center or are they all independently owned music instrument stores? And can you get me a deal on a hurdy gurdy? They're, they're all independently owned. Uh, there, there are few and far between. There's not many of them left. Um, they're, they're, they're dying as quick as Blockbuster. Oh, that's sad. Um, but uh, they are independently owned in general. There, there's no big, uh, in it, there's no big brands in it. I, I think it's um, organic, really. Like you know, I mean, pe- people that gravitate towards that kind of store don't want to walk into a fucking Starbucks type of situation. You know. Agreed. Agreed. So, hey, 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 now. Th- this is a little off, off the cuff, but I have to ask: Is you two really that fucking big there? Um. Yes. Wow. Okay then. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you support the local boys. That's awesome. What other questions does everybody have? All right. Um, I have a couple. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. I know you've been waiting, chomping at the bit. Oh yeah. Now, when you ask these, oh, yeah. when you ask these questions, ask each one so you can get an answer from everybody. Oh yeah. Oh well, we're gonna start with you on this one, Steve. Oh shit. Ass kissing employees. Do you find them annoying? Do you find them suspicious? Or is it just nice to have around? Um, annoying. Because you know it, and it pisses you off, and you want to say naughty things that you know you'll get fired for saying, and you try to blow it off. However, you did not broach the management theory on this. Can they get done for you what you need them to get done? So you would say it's just nice to have around for that purpose. No, I would not. I w- it's not nice to okay. have around because it's annoying as shit. It really <laughs> is. It's it's terrible. It's it's like selling your soul out, and it's 
they're a retail whore. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a male manager or a female manager. They might just want to sleep with you just for the fact that they're kissing ass. It's terrible. It is awful. I hate it. But, but if they're a decent enough employee and get shit done for you, eh, you tolerate it for a little bit. Pygmies, okay. stop that shit. Uh, what about you, Iris Connection? Um, all right. Well, for the most part, it is uh, annoying. There's usually some agenda there. You know, they're 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 they want more hours, or they they're insecure about how you feel you're uh, about their work, or whatever the case would be. Um, but uh, absolutely, I took full fucking advantage of that. You know, because I looked at it as another opportunity for someone to be more productive in my store, and I gave them all the fucking shitty jobs that I knew that most employees wouldn't touch or wouldn't do well. And um, so it's exploitative. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I probably was the ass-kissing employee, and that's how I ended up with a fucking supervisor's job and then a management's job and so on, and got sucked into it. But in general, it's annoying but useful. Okay. Bingo. Uh, to Ashton, I was absolutely about to ask Steve. I was about to be like, hey, Steve, would you consider me an ass-kissing employee? <laughs> I responded. Ash <laughs> Ashton was great. Ashton, but not to me. Ashton was great. Also, oh, if, you, love, look, if you look there, also, if you guys are watching on Facebook, please hit the like button. We'd appreciate it. On the stream. Uh, what about you, Mad Dog, on the question of ass-kissing employees? This is the response I can I, <laughs> I find them very, very suspicious. Because suspicious. I do. Because in my experience... The ones who try to kiss the most ass is because they're trying to stay the closest to find out everything you fucking know. Okay, so good point. They're doing their and when they're doing their shit, they want to find out if you know about it. And I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Ooh, shots fucking That's fired. Uh, and last, the writer, ass kissing employees. Uh, I'm I'm generally a little suspicious. I'm generally suspicious of anyone suspicious. that that throws flattery my way. I'm a little. I'm always a little bit uh, wary of that. I think I'm a little bit kind of like the Irish connection, though. Um, I think I'll I'll I'm suspicious of it. So therefore, I leverage it, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna try to test this a little bit because if you're genuinely that into it, yeah, I'm going to put you through a little bit more. If you genuinely think I'm just like the greatest thing ever, which again makes immediately me immediately suspicious. Um, uh, I'm going to make you work for it a little bit. And if you can persevere through that, then, okay, you know, I, I get it now. We're, we're, we're cool. But you know, I, I, I'm general. Uh, yeah, so I guess I, I lie somewhere in between. I'm the I'm the not exciting opinion. Like I lie somewhere between the Irish connection and and Mad Dog. You know, I uh, I'm suspicious, but um, and I'm gonna make you work for it. But uh, it, it generally, yeah, you know, it's kind of nice to have around. You're having a rough day. Somebody you walk in, somebody tells you how great you are. I mean, come on, that's <laughs> good point. Good point. Well spoken. You know? Here's another, here's. Another reason that I get suspicious. So if they're kissing your ass, who else's ass are they kissing? Everybody. Right. So have they gone a step above you? And when you give them those shitty jobs, 
Are they then going and saying, well, I got it done, but she always makes me go pull the poop out of the toilet. <laughs> and she always, like, it, it just makes me, like, I just don't like them. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Next. Uh, Steve. Did you did you answer me if I was an ass kissing employee or not? Because I was Hold writing on. down a couple of questions. As a female, the men that try to stay close were usually trying to capitalize on their looks or flattery to get less work or better shifts. That was really annoying. No one's too nice or cute to work. You are correct, Oof. Kira. That is that is profound. Profound. All right. The next question. This time we're gonna start with the writer. Gonna go in reverse. And build up to the build up to the fire. And build up to Steve. Because I already <laughs> know Steve's answer on this. Yo, you think so? All right. Oh, I do. Okay. We went over it in a whole episode. Oh, all right. I might change. Auto scheduling tools. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Wait, re repeat the question. Auto schedule tools. Are you for? Against? And what are the pros and cons? <laughs> <laughs> uh auto schedule <laughs> tools all right um i i honestly i never worked with them i i always wrote my own i always manually wrote my own schedules uh i would typically get a template together and just kind of let it ride now i i to be totally fair though um it sounds like uh i worked at a lot of a lot of independent retailers where the staff was a lot smaller it, not all the time but in most cases, staff was a lot smaller, so I didn't have the sort of revolving schedule. So, uh, again, I, I have like the least exciting answers of the group. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I could say I could see how they would be really shitty. So I'm going to say I'm against them, but only by association. OK, so you would just rather you would rather just write out your own schedules I, I mean, I prefer it. it's time consuming, you know, but it's but I think, but you know, it'll get done properly. Well, yeah, I know it'll get done properly. And also, like, it gives you a chance to kind of like test out your staff a little bit. Like, if you know, Tuesday night is like your biggest night, you know what I mean? Like, try to put someone else on there. See if you actually have someone that's worth their salt. You know what I mean? It, it gives you a, a little bit more, a little more investment, you know what I mean? In, in your team. All right, mad dog. <laughs> Oh, they're complete and total trash. Complete and, and total. In five minutes or less, because I got a lot of questions to ask you. I mean, <laughs> the, the whole thing is, is that you spend money on a program that never fucking works. Time out. Time out. Works. Time out. Kronos, thank you, Kira. So, trash. Mad Dog is familiar with Kronos, oh but the Kronos <laughs> that her and I used was half baked and wasn't. The Chronos that you and I used, Kira. It would have made it a whole yeah, lot easier if it had been. Never worked. No. And it and and even though you had their what their job title was, what their availability was, if they were full time or part time, it would schedule them some crazy ass hours. It would schedule them outside Look, of their availability. I emailed. It, it, I emailed doing the, the head person out there in Texas that was over that shit. And when they responded to me that I knew more about it than they did, I quit sending emails. It was broken and it was never going to be yeah. fixed. Correct. Okay. All I'm right. commenting now. All right. The Irish connection. Are you for against pros and cons auto scheduling? 
Uh, well, I, I, I don't want to steal too much of um, what Steve is about to say, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. So at least <laughs> to elaborate, uh, I am against, um, and I'll, I'll only add that I've never worked for a company that had sufficient fucking IT capacity to make it work. It usually it usually was pumped into a system that was built in the 80s or it was emailed to you through some fucking portal that just wasn't built to make sense. Um, so that's my frustration. With oh, I will add, though, it's not really used here. It's, it's only used by one or two big box stores and it basically doesn't work because you make so many fucking adjustments to it after the fact that it may as well have been done manually. Okay. Steve? Um, Brief summary, go. All right, so auto-scheduling in in theory sounds fantastic, but there is no way any software can be made that accurately, accurately represents each and every individual building. Number one, you're given you know certain parameters to do. Now, I don't know how everybody else here does, but if you're going to properly write a retail schedule, does anybody know what the first day of the week you should schedule is? Saturday. Thank you. You schedule from Saturday backwards. And there is no fucking auto scheduler out there that allows you to do such a fucking thing. They'll give you 100 hours on Tuesday, Wednesday, yes. and Thursday. And, and and, and what Friday. happens is with an auto scheduler, you're only allowed to edit so much. And when you edit to make sense, you get a phone call. Why aren't you using the software? Because the software sucks because it's not programmed worth a fuck. And it doesn't take any real world situations into account period in the story. And I, I, I hate it. I, you know, I will say this, Russell, what was that? Compass. Compass did a far better job than any other automated payroll system I've ever seen. Just because what they spit out was a suggestion and you could edit it at will without any penalty. Kronos, that is some bullshit. All right. That Chrono, the the last big box retailer I worked at that had it, I was like, well. You should be able to change their classification. Maybe this person that's a cashier one day is going to be in the stock room or whatnot. In the prior version of Kronos I used, you could do that. So I call up corporate, and I'm like, hey, why is this? Oh, we're still rolling it out. Um, we'll get to that eventually. You know, the best we can tell you to do is edit it. You paid all this fucking money for a half-baked version that doesn't even fucking work? Just give us a piece of paper, and let's write it down. All right, Steve. <laughs> like I say, we got a lot of questions. Let's go. All right. This time, start with Mad Dog. I cannot wait for Mad Dog's response on oh, this one. Oh, good Lord. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mad Dog, why do managers set hook on the ones most like them? Is it a game or is it 100% genuine? Repeat that question. That did not make any sense. It doesn't do, make sense. Why do managers set hook? on the ones most like them, a.k.a. like the employees that are sort of like the same personality type. Do you mean gravitate towards? Yes. Okay. Like, why do they, like, favorite those? Favorite. You could All say? right, cool, got you. 
is it a game or is it 100% genuine? It's 100% genuine because if there is somebody that has the same personality type that that I have, like for the fact that my brain works like Tetris and I can see that if you to get to here, to get to there, that's eventually going to get me to here. And all I have to do is say, do, do this, to do that and leave them alone. I don't have to worry about it because we're on the same we're on we're we're on the same word. We're not like we're there. I don't have to worry about it. That's why. Okay. Uh what about you, Irish Connection? I, I would hundred percent agree with that. Uh like I don't have to um figure out how their mind works and then translate it into words they understand. So I mean if someone gets me and I get them kind of organically, then that just works. It's, it's more, much more frustrating when I have to try and figure out how to fuck to get someone to understand something. <laughs> what about you, the writer? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd, I'd agree with that. I think it's easier to know that you can give someone a task and then just know that it'll get done the way that you want it to get done. Uh, it, it gives uh it gives it, it's sort of like sometimes i i would only say it's a game because you 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 put that person in a position or you you get deliberately give that person tasks the more desirable tasks and then as an is to set an example in terms of how you want it done and then what eventually happens is the team members that don't that you don't trust see they're getting the more desirable tasks. You see that they're starting to kind of, you know, move move along. And uh, and that way, you know, eventually you get everybody to follow suit. At least that's, you know, that's what you hope happens. So I'd only say it's a well, game many, for that. How many times have you said, I just wish there was another one of me so I could get all this stuff done? If you've got that same brain, put them on the other side of the store. Y'all meet in the middle, you're golden. I'm just going to say, before I ask Steve this question, if you look at my video feed and you look at his, <laughs> it, we're, we're kind of like living, breathing proof that that can be a thing. Because, I mean, me and Steve thought almost exactly alike would have yep. ridiculously long conversations while it worked. I made that God-tier Wii U <laughs> thing. Yeah, but you also got keys stolen, but we're not going to get that. Hey, I didn't want to talk about that. But, All right, you know. just, just saying. Hey, Nobody, nobody's perfect, bro. You, you've made you've made some mistakes in your younger years too. A whole fucking lot. Which wasn't you know a hundred years ago, but that's besides the point. Yep. Stone tablet. Uh, so Steve, do you want to elaborate on that any further? Or? Yes. Um, first of all, I want to acknowledge Ashton Taylor. Steve, I got a retail out of retail thanks to you. Our smoke breaks were like mini versions of this podcast. You drop five minute truth bombs all day. Good. Good dude. <laughs> you know, uh, Irish Connection, you know, he, he's made a very brilliant point so far about how you get in. And I've made this comment on Reddit. It's kind of like the Roach Motel. Once you get in, you know, you could check in, but you can't check out. And anybody that I could ever help get out and do something better is great because this is not a path people want to take because it makes you a really shitty, angry person. My wife will tell you, and she can say I'm here in the chat, angry. I don't care, um, that I'm a much different person now than the day she met me. 
and it's because of retail. And it's not a good thing. I'm I'm kind of like a recovering retail addict at the moment, so I'm trying to work my way down. But for many years, it was bullshit. Now, as far as your question, Alex. He says that makes a retail podcast. So, yeah. So, well, hey, I toyed with this in 2014. So, you know, you were, you were the wind beneath my wings, Alex. If you would not have agreed to come along, I may not have done this. But anyway, as far as employees that are like you and gravitate, Alex, you bring up a good point. You were. Mm -hmm. James was. Oh Ashton God. was, <laughs> and 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 you. I'm I'm not talking 100 percent like identical. I'm talking about enough that you could describe what you wanted done, and you didn't have to worry. I do got to say, James did put together a planogram completely in reverse. <laughs> oh, holy shit! Hold up, newsflash, Mad Dog. Bill came the other day. Russell, how did that go? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Anyway, but going back to to what the question was. Hey, well, it says he wasn't impressed, and I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you leverage people that think like you. And the reason I say that is because as a manager, you're looking. Look, let's be honest here. As a manager, you're looking for people to make your job easier. That's just what we do. That's what we're paid for, okay? We're paid to quote-unquote delegate. So when we find people that we don't have to spend hours upon hours drawing pictures and saying this has to be done a certain way, you automatically get it. You gain favor. You become the go-to. And, Alex, you were a go-to. I mean, you really were. Number one, because you had the spunk in you to want to succeed, all right? You wanted to do well. I credit your parents for that. You would not have that if it was not for how you were raised. And that's something that's missed a lot in retail. A lot of people's work ethic comes down to how their parents raised them. Your parents raised you right. You um yes. Yeah, you were respectful. You did everything we asked you to do. You did it on point. If you had questions you would ask, you did great. And, you know, we gravitated towards you. Nando was another one. Hi, Feed. You're good. <laughs> you're back in. And you, your whole job as a manager is to find people in your building to make the business run efficiently. And when you find people... And it's usually multiple. It's usually not just one or two. You usually can find three or four that work on the same wavelength. When you Once you bring that group together, it's kind of like the Avengers of retail. You can do whatever you need to do. Okay. I mean, those, those people are your lucky charms in the box of, of cardboard cereal. Like, when you find them, you got to... You want to build I don't know if they're magically delicious or all, but still. Hey, Steve, I'm just going to step away just one second, all right. and then I'll finish up the questions. Cool. But you're right. And, I mean, I think everybody here on our panel would agree. You, It's our jobs to seek out the people in the building that can make the job the most efficient because we understand as managers that the people that make it the most efficient 
make all of our lives easier. You know, we still stay up at night, but it's not as bad. Irish Connection, would yep. you agree? Yeah, I, I mean, in, in in general, I I, I would. I mean, the, there the, there's nothing more kind of um, frustrating than than giving people kind of jobs and instructions and then coming back an hour later and seeing it done completely the other way around. Right. And, and, you know, since Alex has a list of questions, so why he's not here, I I will share something that I was taught many years ago. And it kind of goes hand in hand with finding the people that are on your brain level. I remember one time being told, all right, so you send somebody out to build an end cap. They build said end cap with said product you asked them to do. And it Mm -hmm. looks like shit, but you just walk by it and you don't say anything. So what you've done at that point in time is you've taught that associate that that is acceptable. And, you know, where you grow as a leader is you go back and you say, Hey, you know what? This doesn't look terrible, but maybe you should do this and do this to make it like such and such. And then you cultivate and grow them. And what I think is out there a lot right now are managers that walk past that end cap and tell them to go do something else. And those same managers are exactly the ones that will say when their boss comes in and says, why does this end cap look like shit? They're going to say, this associate did it. All right, Steve. All right, we're going to go ahead and get to the next question. All right. Because first off, I want to thank all of y'all who's been here. This has been our longest stream. <laughs> like This has been great. With us. I enjoy no, it. This, thank this you guys. has been great. I've been enjoying every second. Uh, thank you so much, the writer, Mad Dog. And the Irish connection. Happy y'all, need, y'all need to come on the show more often. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> right. to, I'm trying to figure out how to do a game show live. I'll let you know when I get it because it's going to happen. Oh yeah, that's actually something I. Really it's going to be like do. the retail wars on squares instead of Hollywood squares. Nice. Oh, we just do like a whole like Jeopardy esque thing. Like yeah. I'll take angry customers for two hundred. I'll take Karens for one thousand. <laughs> Uh, but y'all have been great and tonight. Just tell our worst parent story. <laughs> y'all have been great tonight. If y'all need to like take a five, just a five minute break, me and Steve will just carry yeah. it. Five and, minutes. And hey, you guys, anybody you have in your surrounding universe that you'd like to have on too, bring them on. I mean, Alex and I have been doing this for a few weeks. We get kind of long in the tooth and whatnot. We love having you guys on. I, I, I just think it's it's better. I think it's better to have more aspects and more feedback and, and more experiences from more places because it kind of pushes what, at least for me, I'm trying to do. And what I'm trying to do is expose how shitty the business really is. And by being managers, we can give associates insight as to why things happen the way they are. And maybe instead of them being mad at the managers, they can be mad at the company. This next question has my vote to win the $20 question. All right. I just got to go ahead and say it. So this is going to be like real for y'all. Really keep this declassified. Starting with the mad dog. Do you run off unwanted employees or just fire them? If so, how do you give them a shit schedule 
do you cut their hours or do you get on, on their case? Ooh. So, unfortunately, we have this little bullshit called HR. So, huh. regardless of the fact that the state that I live in is a an at-will state, I do not have the ability to just fire them on the spot. But that is when every single little fart gets, gets a write-up. Oh, you were one minute late? Guess what? We don't have a grace period. It's a write-up. So you're saying for that employee in specific, like the one that you don't want around anymore, is it a personal reason that you don't want them around, or are they just like that shit of an employee? Um, I, ex with the exception of one person that is currently in my universe, none of it is <laughs> personal. None of it is personal. Because okay. here's the thing. I, I compartmentalize every aspect of my life. Okay? So when I'm at work, I'm at work. I don't want to hear your bullshit. I don't care about your boyfriend. I don't care about your mama's dog's cousin's like third baby daddy. I don't give a fuck. When you're, in, <laughs> when you're at work, you're on my time yeah. and I expect you to be physically and mentally present in my building. So if, if it's to the point where like you can't do the basics of asking for the email, asking for the surveys, counting your till correctly, cleaning up around the register like you're asked to do every fucking day. I don't Steve need you. Steve is anymore. chomping at the bit. I do not need you anymore because you are not contributing anything. And honest to God, you are making my life worse because you are definitely not the person who's on the same brain level as I am. And I'm having to stop what I'm doing every five minutes to say, I need you to go pick that up. And then I have to come back and say, see that thing that was beside the thing you just picked up? You got to pick that one up too. So imagine if you came, because see, I need a manager like you at my job, 100%. <laughs> but imagine having like 40 guys on the clock at the same time that we do the same thing every day. And they still don't comprehend how to do it. Oh, boy. Because that um, even annoys I, me. I would be that person that can say something to them with a completely straight face and make them feel probably about three inches tall. Okay. All right. Bold and words. You will, you will either <laughs> pull up and do the job or you will go cry in a corner and I don't fucking need you. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, boy. This is fucking so, great. Christine, I agree. Sometimes it feels like raising children, but they're grown it is so ass. Oh, boy. It is, and it, like, this is, this is grown-up real-world stuff. Like, I understand that to a lot of people, these are part-time jobs. But guess what? These part-time paychecks pay your bills. Exactly. Exactly. So, All right, I'm going to have to cut you there, Mad Dog. Because, we, yeah, we're kind of... We only got like 30 more minutes of runtime. Um, Irish Connection, hit me. All right. Oh, I well, love that. I love the laugh <laughs> at the beginning. I am scared. <laughs> so let's go. 
All right. The, the first thing I'll say is uh, from a practical point of view, the bigger the store, the easier this is. Uh, not just because you have more employees, but um, it's, uh, you know, you usually had things uh, that you could throw at them to make them leave easier. The other thing, too, is that I really do care about the team in general. I understand that not everyone comes with the same skill set. You know, if you put me in the wrong, like, okay, I'll tell you what. I spent a very, very, very brief time in my life as a barman. I was the worst fucking barman you ever came across, right? I, I just, I didn't have it in me. I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. It wasn't a job for me. But if I, if I took that experience when I was young, I was probably not old enough to drink um, and, and ran with that, I, I, I wouldn't even have applied for a second job, you know? So I try and keep that in mind with the employees. So it comes down to attitude. If you suck at your job because of a bad attitude, then fuck you. I don't care. I will run you out the door as quick as I... But if you are trying, I will try and find the best thing for you in the store. Okay? okay. However, there is a cutoff point. Sometimes, and especially in the big box stores, you got to reach certain productivities and your hands are tight. But in general, I do care about the team and I try to match the team member if you like to the the right job i try i don't always do it but i try (laughs) some y'all guys got me cracking up over in chat over there this is the walkway we don't put things here hun pick it off the floor hun thanks (laughs) no addicts you need motivation not i gotta work longer because you don't you sign yeah exactly exactly that's how these people are all right writer I'm the uh, so, I guess I'm the optimist of the group. Um, typically, so you try you try to stick it through, and you try just to see the light at the well, end of the tunnel for it. So, so here's the thing: is that I'm of the opinion that you know, if you, as a manager, set expectations and you have the sort of core group, you don't need everybody on your team. You don't need everybody on your team speaking the same language. You just need a core group, and if you have that core group somebody who comes in with a bad attitude is going to stick out like pretty easily. It almost like it's almost like you convince, they convince themselves they don't want to work there. Mm-hmm. So, and it, but, and I, I, I'm of the opinion that just fire someone that creates uncertainty and uncertainty is not good for a team. Right. Uh, if you run someone off everyone, you know, your team members see that, you know, I, I don't, I, sometimes I don't think we as managers, and, you know, I'm just speaking from my experience. Uh, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes we give them just the right amount of credit. But sometimes we don't give them an, uh, employees enough credit to see when we are clearly running someone off. And then, you know, and that negatively really affects a team. So I think I'm of the opinion where I would, uh, I would almost rather convince someone they don't want to work there and let them do it themselves. You know, if, if they have a shitty attitude or if they're, you know, refusing to do basic tasks, I mean, that's just going to stick out so badly that that they're not going to want to work there. And if they and, um, you know, and, and yeah, of course, there's been many points. And Steve, uh, you've been there for some of these. Well, maybe one of these with me um, where, yeah, it's pretty clear, cut and dry. Like you got to go. Mm-hmm. But um I would rather, I, I feel like I'm not doing my job if I don't exhaust 
you know, if I don't exhaust my options, like to try to like find a way to make it work. But yeah, so I, I kind of, I'm kind of maybe um, on the, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned about the team when they see you run someone off or they see you just up and fire somebody. I think sometimes that has more of a negative effect, a ripple effect okay. uh, on the team. All right. And last but not least, Steve. All right. So I think you got, you got at least three minutes, right. Steve. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm very much like Irish connection and I'm very much like what Kira has just said here. Believe it or not, one of the biggest lessons I ever learned was working for the guitar store, the big guitar store, not some little small one. And the <laughs> mantra was no man left behind. And what that meant was find what your people are good at and let them be good at it. So the job market is very confusing. The job market is very thin. So you may have somebody that you hire to be a cashier and they are a shitty cashier and they have a shitty attitude because they know they're a shitty cashier. So one of the first things that managers do is like, oh, well, they suck. I'm going to fire them. Look, getting good people is hard. So before you run that person off, or write them off, get with them and find out if there's something else they would rather do. Where else can they serve you in your business that they'll be happy, you'll be happy, you, you've you got an employee who's bought in, you don't have to replace a body. you got to remember, a lot of people are applying for jobs just for the sake of applying for jobs, just so they can have an employment. That does not mean that they suck all the way around. Now, mind you, when you exhaust those options, like the writer said, you may hit that impasse where they just don't work out for you. But I think most managers and most retailers are immediately a one and done. And that's bullshit. Because that person may can do something for you that you need. And you just you just ran them off. So well, Steve, the only thing harder than getting good people is getting good people to stay. Correct. And that's where it comes down to being a leader is knowing your people. Sure, it's a crapshoot every time you hire somebody. You just don't know. They could interview like they could be the CEO of fucking Google. But in the real world, they can barely put the, the, the round ball into the round hole. But you hired them, so you owe it to yourself to find some find something they can do for you. Uh, Kira says, I was told to hire someone rather than hire someone that fits the position. It was rush, rush, rush. You're not hiring enough people, and that's when things get fucked up. You're right. Hire someone and find what they're good at because, you know, statistically speaking, not all employees suck. Statistically speaking, most managers suck at placing employees in the jobs that they're doing. So there you go, well, Alex. It's, but it's, see, when you have, when you only have ten people on staff, and they have to be able to basically do everything. And when I say do everything, that means run a register, and pick shit up off the floor and put it back on the shelf. And you can't handle that. That's that's I different. Maintenance is different. I'm talking about core job responsibility. Maintenance is different. Look, if you got somebody who can't pick something up off the floor and put it back, then yeah, they suck. I, I mean, <laughs> I it's, it's, it's just, 
I mean, I promise you, I'm not doing rocket surgery at my current location. Hero 130 says it perfectly, and I know this from 30 years. I am fucking fantastic at managing the island of misfit toys. Because I understand how much money it costs the company I work for to keep turning people over. I understand that I've got to find somebody to fit some role for me. And unfortunately, in jobs like that you have, Mad Dog, the expectation's way higher than the talent base is ever going to be. Okay? It, it just is. All right? But you are also correct. If you bring somebody in and they can't pick something up off the floor, then they suck. There's no saving them. <laughs> there still is, you know, expectations they have to hit. And those are minimum job requirements. And that's for everybody. The basics. Right. The basics. If you can't get the basics, then you get to go. But the difference is, what I'm talking about is you hire somebody to be a cashier, and they're a shitty cashier, and you're going to go fire them. Well, maybe they're a great stalker. You know. Well, it's All right. I, I kind of feel... Oh, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go ahead, no, Ryder. Well, I mean, you know, I kind of feel a little bit like it's it's incumbent on us sometimes, you know, to... Especially if you work in a small to mid-sized company... Like I was talking about earlier, I've lost good employees for dumb reasons. I've lost good employees for bad reasons. Some of them in my control and most of them not. You know, I think sometimes it's incumbent on us as managers to reallocate people to, to jobs that fit them better or to positions that fit them better or 100%. hours that fit them better. If you've got a guy that, you know, doesn't or a guy or girl that doesn't, you know, they show up to work on, you know, uh, and they're clearly sluggish in the morning. You know what? Like, put them on the evening shift. If they, you know, it's it couldn't be as simple as that. It couldn't be as simple as it I, could be I, as simple as that. When you enter body and you ask them what their availability is, and you have four people for the entire day, and you are scheduling them based on their availability, you don't always have that option to accommodate the fact that they can't take their ass to bed at night, or to accommodate the fact that they can't figure out if they leave five minutes earlier. For work that they will be that, on top. You're you're like, you're right, but but we're talking about two different kinds of employees here. We're, you're talking about the typical, and and in our market, Mad Dog, you are 100 percent correct. That is the typical. The other flip side of it is the rarity. And yeah, I'm talking about. I mean, when they get there, like right. We, I guess uh, there's an assumption here that like there's a baseline employee. You know, we we can you know this podcast could be five hours if we talk about the people if we only Jesus talk about Christ, people yes. that you know don't show up or show up hungover or miss work entirely. I mean, that's a whole nother class of employee. I think you know, and and it, they're not worth really wasting that level of oxygen on. I guess what I'm, what I'm talking about is more when you hit that baseline. Okay, you show up. Okay, you you can perform basic human motor skills. You know, from from that point, it's like, what do you, what do we? It's incumbent on us. I feel like sometimes to kind of, and that's what's unfair about it. We're holding up the weight of ownership while dragging the weight of the of the employee. Very well put, and All and right. yes, yes, that makes sense. All right. All right, Steve. Oh God. All right, we're gonna move on to another question. Let's hear it. All right, this time I'm gonna start with you, Steve. Oh fuck. So that way I can um. That way I can shut you down like three minutes into it. As I feel bad, I've shut Mad Dog off so many times. <laughs> like, hey, man, I'm bad. passionate about this shit, but it is what it is. Let's go. Let's hear it. Oh, I can tell. I can tell. I. Very passionate. 
and I love to hear all this insight into these questions. And I want to thank y'all for these questions. Um, <clears throat> Steve, what would you really like to be able to ask during an interview? Really? This is a question? Oh, this is a question. None of that bullshit of... So, 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 okay, let me ask. Am I interviewing for a store manager position? No, you're interviewing, you're interviewing me. I'm coming to, I'm coming to work for you. You Okay, all right, so you need to clarify. You're interviewing somebody, you're not being interviewed. Okay, I'm interviewing somebody. What's a question that I won't ask, that I can't? You're interviewing somebody. You're just the manager. Mm -hmm. You're hiring a basic entry-level part-time position. Right. I and feel like I already know what Mad Dog's answer is, and it's going to so, be so, so, trash hold, hold up, hold up. I'm looking. So, are you asking me something that I won't ask that I normally cannot? Yes. If you could take all the corporate bullshit, will you corporate. actually show up for fucking work? And those exact words. Yes. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> All right. Well, all right. We got him on a minute on that. Irish connection. <laughs> oh, yes. I love hearing the laugh. <laughs> it always makes um, me so happy. I mean, I mean, something that I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not legally allowed to ask. Do you think it's a good fucking idea to sleep with someone at work? Because I've run into a lot of fucking problems with employees. He wins. Thread over. Not. <laughs> good night. <laughs> Like don't like don't do it. The, the amount of awkward situations and rescheduling I had to do because of that mistake. Because you know they ah uh, don't. <laughs> so so that's the question. Do you think it's a good idea to sleep with someone working with you? Okay, okay, that's a that's an interesting. I couldn't imagine going to my interview and and all of a sudden just seeing someone lean forward. You think it'd be a good idea to sleep with someone at <laughs> work? I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, there's a reason Respect. that question is illegal. <laughs> you <know>? Respect. <laughs> the writer. What is your question? Uh, I was thinking the whole time, like, what question would I like to ask? I just think I back can't... to when you was in interviews, like, what's the one thing? Because I actually got asked a strange question, and it was, do you play Xbox or PlayStation? And I was like, what? <laughs> what does that have to do with a job interview? <laughs> Um, I would probably ask, uh, why, why, why did you leave your, why did you leave your last job? They're I know you're going to lie to you though. What's that? They're going to lie to you though. Well, yeah, but how are they going to lie to me? That's true. It could be. I mean, I can look at, I can look at a resume and see if you were only there for three months, you didn't quit to come interview at my retail store for a better opportunity. You quit because either you hated it there or. Yeah, nine nine like, times out of ten, like you know, for me, like the resume tell the resume if they have one, the resume tells me a lot more about the candidate than than they think it does. You know, people see think, that's hard right now, but because a lot of people lost their jobs due to COVID, so that is going to be a blanket excuse for the next couple years. Well, I mean, well, we, sure. we can throw we can throw twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one in the trash. So let's just let's just eliminate that and, and yeah, use prior. 
in, in a vacuum because yeah i mean it, it, towards the end of my retail experience was like first wave of covid but when i was in retail pre-covid one of the things that i i would like to ask is yeah why did you leave your last job because yeah i mean if you're there for three nobody comes very few people interview for an entry level retail job as a better opportunity than where they were. Hey, so let, let me ask you when you ask that question, what would your response be if they said, because I could? What would my response be? Yes. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thanks for coming in for the interview. Be, be like, yeah, the, the uh, exits uh, down the hallway, last door, last door <laughs> well, left. Well done. You know? You know, it's I mean, the thing is, is people will people will gladly when they walk into an interview, they'll tell you what they what you want to hear, what they but not, uh, you'd be surprised how many people forget what they put on their resume or they don't think about what they put on their resume. And so or yeah, even know what's on the resume because they paid somebody to write it for him. Well, that's All also right. true. All right. Now, now, chat the moment you've all been waiting for oh, shit. The mad dog. Lay it I mean, on me. <laughs> like the question that I would want to ask that I'm not legally allowed to ask is like, do you fucking understand that the schedule that you're given, <laughs> that means that's what time you're supposed to be there oh and my then God. you're supposed to fucking leave. Like if you're scheduled 11 to 5, that means on the floor ready to work at 11 and then you don't leave until 5 o'clock. That doesn't mean at 3.30 because your boo called and you're going to go get your hair did that you can take the fuck off. No. If Do you understand that your schedule is the time that you are supposed to work? And it's not come in and get your when stuff. When you feel like it. Not come in. You work 11 to 5. You come in at 11. Go to your locker room. Get you a drink. You oh, I got this. a manager that does that and I want to... <laughs> Jesus Christ! Fucking minutes, oh boy! From she walks in the door until she's actually ready to fucking do work, and I'm like, do you know how much money you are costing me for you to go to the break room and put your bat, put your lunch up, then go put your purse up, then go tinkle, then blow your nose, then remember that you forgot something in the car. Or the fucking assholes like, that clock uh, in and eat breakfast before they get on the floor. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we got some like, of those in my work. <sighs> like, I really just, I really just would want to ask them that, like, do you understand that having a job means that you have to work? Like, seriously, that's having a job means you have to work. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Lamau. Yep. All right. Think we got time for one or two more questions. Hey, real quick, before you get into your questions, this, this is something I, I've been meaning to ask. From a loss prevention standpoint, Irish Connection, how do you guys go about apprehensions and stuff like that? Are you guys allowed to chase people out of the building, or do you use private contractors and cops to do that? Um, okay, well, uh, the way that the law is set up here, it is so, it, there's such a disincentive to chase someone down 
because if you happen to be wrong, you are screwed. Um, so, for instance, uh, one of the big box stores that I worked in about maybe 10 years ago, one gentleman was, um, was, was held back by our security guards uh, and uh, accused of shoplifting. It just so happens he was not. They, they were mistaken. And he sued them for 50 grand and two security guards lost their job. So the court system over here does not like, uh, uh, I suppose, oh, I see, I'm not sure what the equivalent is in the States, but basically uh, uh, defamation. You know, they, they do not want someone falsely accused. So basically, uh, the easiest thing to do here, let it out. And then review the footage. If you are correct, hand it over to the authorities. And if they could give enough of a fuck, they'll do something about it. Now, when you say give enough of a fuck, is there a certain dollar amount that they'll just look at you and laugh and say, we're not fucking with that? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, there, there is in general. I mean, like, you have to, when you pick up that phone to make that call, you have to remember there is... There is another person at the end of that phone with another shitty job. I wouldn't want to be a cop um, that, you know, are you really going to send them on this errand to chase down someone because they sold two chicken fillet fucking rolls or something like that? No. Right. Uh, you know, because, you know, but it does depend on the, on, on the actual enforcement officers themselves. But generally speaking, uh, there isn't a said dollar amount, but you have to have a good relationship with the local law enforcement and, and kind of know uh, feel them out because look for, for the most part they're going to know they, they'll know exactly who it is in the footage because you know thieves tend to be well known to law enforcement like it's it's, it's unusual that they would know right all right cool all right alex go ahead okay <clears throat> starting with irish connection is it better to get someone as their first job or a veteran worker Oh, oh, depend on what there were a veteran worker in. Are you talking about a veteran worker in retail? It would be in work in retail in general, yes, but you would have to pay them a little bit more, or you could get like three people for their first job for the price of this one. That's just a little prop bed to that. <laughs> okay, well, look, uh, I, I I actually do find it a little bit easier to uh, mold people from a blank slate than to change old habits. So I'd probably go with the, uh, the, the, the younglings, if you like. Um, the young uh, gunners. <laughs> younglings. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, there, there, there are certain things you, you can try so many things out, but if someone is stuck in their ways or they've been, uh, they can, the amount of times I've heard people say, oh, I've been doing it this way for 15 fucking years or whatever. You know, I mean, that is really hard to work out of somebody. So you really have to work around them as opposed to with them. Where with the young guys, you can kind of put a bit more of a, you know, you, you put your, your your drill sergeant stuff on and you kind of see what they got, you know. So I would go with the uh, blank slates. Myself. Okay. That's kind of how I feel on that subject. I think I would rather try to train someone new. That's just me personally. Um, Mad Dog, go. Mad Dog, you there? Seems like Mad Dog is taking a break. Might have lost her. No, my bad. My bad. I'm dealing with some BS from the job. Oh, shit. Oh, um, my. Real time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Real time. Like, how are you going to text me at 
10 o'clock at night that you're going to be an hour late to work tomorrow and you don't come in until 1.30. For oh, what? hell. For what? Wow. Right. That's not anybody For I what? know, is it? No. Okay, thank God. <laughs> no, this is this is that body that I was going to tell you about earlier oh, okay. who tells people her dad and brother used to make her drink antifreeze and she used to work in a meth lab, so her brain's messed up. She tells people this. Okay. America. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> welcome you, to Greenville. The question, or do I need? I to... did, I did. Um, so I, I'm 100% getting a virgin because I am not breaking <laughs> any bad habits. And here's another thing too, with the fact that I have worked in big box boutique, all of these different types of retails. <sighs> Every company does things so different that even if you, a lot of times, if they think that they have a retail background, it's not what said new company is looking for. So you are constantly breaking bad habits. You are, con well, when I was at so-and-so, guess what, boo-boo, you're not at so-and-so anymore. You at Ding Dong over here. So you at Ding I, don't Dong care over what, here. I don't care what you did at so-and-so. That's done and over with. Okay, okay. All right, Steve. Because I'm giving the, the writer the main event slot on this one, and then we're going to vote on the best question. All right, so my experience has been, it's really job-specific. The writer can kind of understand where I'm coming from here. If you're in a sales-based position, it's not a good idea to hire somebody green. You want to hire somebody that's got some sales jobs. You just do. Even though they might have came from a different organization or a different company or whatnot, the principle of selling itself, which just to throw that out here, selling is the transference of enthusiasm. You're not going to get that out of somebody green out of the gate. You're just not. They're going to be terrified. Um, but in regular retail, it's still job specific. So my trajectory and what I've done in my career, I've got to say I've been far more successful hiring experienced people for specific roles than hiring somebody new. But that may come from doing this for 30 years and knowing exactly what I'm looking for. So it's not to say that everybody else is incorrect Maybe I just know what I need and know the things that these people need to say that trigger me to realize they know what the fuck they're talking about. Because I will be honest with you, every job I've had probably the past six to eight years, the little checklist of bullshit they give you to ask somebody in an interview, I don't do it. And I tell the people I'm interviewing I'm not doing it. Let's just talk. And... That's what makes me a little different from some people because I, I'm just the outlier there. But I feel like you get more honesty when you have a general conversation instead of sitting there going saying, oh, well, what was the last time you did something you felt accomplished? Or when was the last time you felt proud about such and such? That's a horse shit. That doesn't get you fucking anywhere because people go online and study that shit and give you a rehearsed answer. When you talk real world, then you're going to know who you're dealing with. So for me... 
I take the experienced person. Well, see, Steve, it's really funny that you say that that's how you interview because that's what I do. And kind of going back to the previous question, that's when they tend to tell on themselves a lot. Correct. When you're just having a conversation. That's when, you know, because I'm like, hey, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, all of a sudden, oh, I'm 23. I got three babies. They sputter. Yeah. And then they start telling on themselves of all this stuff. And then you're going, so then you've, you've, they've given you this laundry list of their life. And then you say, oh, what's your availability? Oh, I'm open. Oh, really? Well, what you going to do with these three babies? Well, the bigger, the bigger trick there is to know when to exit and know how to end the interview and say, well, you know, I've got several other, other interviews to do. And what I'll do is I'll give you a call back when we're done at the end of the week and da, 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 da. And 100%. Yeah, that is my go-to line. Yeah, and but if you follow that checklist that these retailers give you, the people trying to come get a job, they've researched on how to pass a job interview. <laughs> so one hundred percent. So they know those answers. Fuck those. I, th- I throw that shit away. Fuck that. I hate that. All right. Last but not least, the writer. I uh, I tend to. Uh, I like the idea of uh, new employees, but I, I'm going to go with the experienced. Experienced? Employees, yeah. I think. Uh, 50-50 here. Nice. I, th- I kind of think, to be honest with you, you know, I, 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 welcome dis- I welcome certain kinds of dissent. You know what I mean? I, kinda, I welcome the idea that I don't know everything, and I like the idea that someone could come in, and as much as I can, if I can give them a few inches, you know what I mean? If they if they do something I don't like, I've had multiple employees, and Steve has worked with a few of those employees that I didn't personally care for. I didn't care for their work style. I didn't care for the you know whatever, right? But they. I did, mean, yeah, it, that goes it, vice versa. I've had many managers that I've. Just... Well, yeah, but they do something particularly well, or they do something that maybe I know I can't do well, mm-hmm. right? And the experienced people tend to. There's more of that with experienced people than there is with newer folks. So I think I tend to I tend to prefer experienced folks and then whatever I do, I just set the the ground rules early on. Like, look, whatever I'm doing here, I'm your example. Um, you don't have to do everything I do. Just use me as your framework and then everything else is all you. Okay. All right. Um good answer. Good answers. It's interesting that y'all went 50-50 on that question. Um, I very much enjoy that insight. Me, personally, if I was a manager, I would go with a new I would go with a new one. I like taking risk. But that's just me. Um, anywho. Out of those questions, hold if y'all need me to reread them again, I hold will. Hold up, though. Hold up. Before we go through the list of questions, is there anybody out there in chat land that has a question that hasn't been asked yet? Yeah, sure. Because, you know, there's $20 on the line here. That's $20. (laughs) Now, like Alex kind of mentioned at the beginning, and and there are rules. You either have to be a follower on Twitch, a subscriber on YouTube, or a follower on Facebook. So anybody out there got any questions for any of the panel tonight that's not myself and Alex that you would like answered before Alex goes into the decision-making process? Because we're going to give that about 
two more minutes to let the stream delay catch up. Because we are sitting at two hours. We're at our longest stream we've I, ever done. I do want to say that Irish Connection, Mad Dog, and The Rider, I have enjoyed this greatly. Thank you so much for being here. I want to do this again. I, I do not. This is not a one and done. Uh, my entire goal for this channel is to get more people involved and the more voices, the better. So thank each and every one of you, especially Irish connection. Cause what is it right now over there in your time? What about one, two, two. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I was late my first day. Uh, oh, it's, you are good. Hey man, good. there's no job reviews here. You're good, bro. And tr <laughs> we're, we're not like, retail you oh you was five minutes late oh my god all right alex go ahead and do your spill no your salary you don't have to clock in and out that's right you're on the clock 24 hours a day fucker it's <laughs> <laughs> one thing i can say um i do just want to take one more and we can just blitz this one real quick uh your time going into it how was your time going into retail into management Starting with Steve. I, I'm, I'm confused. One more time. I, well, it's uh, what Russell's on, ask. So your time going into it, what do you mean? Like, how much time have you put into it, I'm assuming? I I don't think I... Because I know yours is like 200 years. That's not, that's not a question, though. I mean, it's... You know, you know, the, oh, how many hours have I put into it? Um, yeah. More, yeah, more than humanly. More than healthy bullshit. Yeah, more than humanly acceptable. I mean, look, <laughs> look, if you, if you want to go into just my career, when I worked for Jesus Craft Store, I think I went like 70 days without a day off because my co-manager got fired and they couldn't hire anybody. 70 days. All right. At, at, at Jesus's craft store, the, 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 we had a big reset for scrapbooking and stuff that I had to get done. And I worked 92 hours that week. If I just had to take a guess, just based off of just a hunch I have, I would have to say Irish connection. You have the most hours. Am I correct? Oh, the, the most hours over the course of my life. Or do you mean per week? Uh, just over the course of your life. No, I think I win that. I just want to go out there and say that. No, 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 no. I don't. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 20 years in, and, and depending on the job, it, it, it really varied between uh, employer to employer. But it was always more than your fucking contract. I'll put it that way. But just, just to, just to put something into perspective, given the There's theme that's tonight. Um, uh, I would have at my worst when I was at my when I drank the Kool-Aid a bit too much with fucking retail at my worst uh, I was putting in far more hours into my job than anything else in my life including things that were a lot more important such as family relations self-care everything um, so uh, you know that 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 was uh, me at my worst it was probably a two-to-one ratio um, of like hours on the clock versus hours and everything else. agreed yeah, it it it, it is. Uh, I agree with the Irish connection. It's, and I gotta I gotta uh, roll here. But the but the, I would uh, close my time with just saying it. The what keeps you up at night is that you're never off the clock. Amen. 
Yeah, that's that's the that was always that was what drove me into the what drove me into the business was the false sense of equity. What drove me out of the business was realizing that it wasn't there. So um, I com- yeah, I completely agree. It keeps you up at night because you're never really not at work. Excellent and point. Mad Dog, just real quick so we can do our judgment. Uh, Kira, I want to take your question, but we got to get these guys and girls yeah. to bed. We're all, we're all old <laughs> now, thanks to retail. <laughs> but there will probably be another declassified soon. Yes. And I just want you to know, Irish Connection, in our chat, you've been a hit. <laughs> you have. I was look. I was greatly looking forward to you being here. Like, and Mad Dog, you too. So have you, Ryder. But like Irish Connection, they have really <laughs> talked about you like a lot. So, <laughs> all right, Mad Dog. I mean, I, I mean, it's just to the point now. It's like I said earlier. I mean, I go into work every day assuming I'm going to work open to close. I'm, you know, at, just at this little stretch, I'm about 45 days in. I've pushed my vacation back twice. And if I don't go on vacation on Friday, I'm going to start killing people. Like, I'm just, I'm exhausted. I think they mentally, physically, spiritually, like, I'm just, I exhausted. I think the easiest way to put this, Alex, for all of us is you can't quantify it. It's way more than it should be. Okay. Okay. Do I need to reread off the questions or reread off? I'll I'll vote. I'll just, I'll go ahead and cast my vote for the experience versus the new employee. I think that one was probably okay. Probably the most interesting. I I, I I'm with the rider. That's my vote. Okay. I'm struggling to remember all the questions. I am too. <laughs> all I'm right. Sorry. Well, there was there was why do managers? set hook on the ones that most like them is it a game or 100 percent? then there was auto scheduling tools ass kissing employees the question about do you run off unwanted employees what would you really like to be able to say during a job interview is it better to get someone as their first job or a veteran worker um that was pretty much it I like the job interview on myself. Job interview. Okay. And Steve, Steve and Ryder, y'all both said the one about the job interview. Y'all both said the one about experience, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So based on that, um, I'll let y'all two, Irish Connection and Mad Dog. So you, you like ass kissing employees. Irish Connection, you like that. But I think that we overall have a winner with the with the experience. Mm-hmm. Would y'all agree with that? Yeah. I, I would agree with that. My, my yeah. question is, who in the chat won the answer for that? Who in the chat? Everyone is going to think this competition is rigged. <laughs> but I promise you, Steve did not know who asked this question. Hero. You have won the $20 question. <laughs> oh, shit. That's easy to take care of. Fucking A, man. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, on that note, Irish Connection, Mad Dog, Ryder, once again, thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you will want to come back again. Um, 
since we've done this now, you guys let us know what y'all would like to discuss from your times in retail. You know, Alex and I, we do this stuff or whatnot, but this thing only is as good as the content, and Alex and I are going to get stale. So give us something crazy. Give us something y'all want to do, and we'll do this again. I think this is fucking fantastic. Irish Connection, no, I, want, I want to, once again, say publicly, thank you for your support. You've been awesome. Thank you for being here. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot more to come and we want you to be part of it. So appreciate, appreciate you, uh, having, having us on. Oh, this was great. And look, I made sure you guys weren't on screen. You're all still <laughs> anon. And Hey, you know, now that you're free and clear, you can secretly tell people that you trust to go watch the video on YouTube so we can get views. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Steve. Next time you next time you come on, I'll I'll make it like a running thing. I'll go anon anon next time. Anon anon. Yeah, anon anon. Anon anon. Is that kind of like a, a song? Like, you build build it up like a thing or something. You know. Yeah, man. Declassified, un, unmasked or something. Well, you go take Thanks. you go take care of what I know you need to go take care of. So you you, you <laughs> Thanks, have man. a good night. You, you too. Yep. Thank you. Uh, Mad Dog Irish Connection. Thank y'all. Um, real quick before anybody, before we go, anybody got a quick question real fast? I mean, we've been on here for quite a while. We good? Um, I just want to know, like, I want to get this, I want to be able to do this monthly. Like, yeah. This retail war zone, this yeah, was the most fun I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> doing this. And this was great. And Irish Connection and Mad Dog, you two, what you bring is excellent, especially from the worldview. Um, we'll do this again. Like I said, I'm working real hard on trying to find some sort of game show or trivia kind of like retail thing we can do. And I'll keep you posted. I'll find something eventually. Cause I've got nothing better to do my fucking time. So, you know, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> but you know, you guys, thank you. If nobody has any questions, we're gonna let everybody get off here. I will message and email you guys probably sometime tomorrow morning. We're all old. I'm time. I'm ready for bed. <laughs> so, um, I want to get everybody who may watch this on YouTube later, who is watching now, who's watching on Twitch, uh, please join our subreddit at the Retail War Zone. Yep. And let's have some discussions. Let's have some discussions. And last but not least, I just got to shout this out. Support us on uh, coffee.com slash the Generation Void. We need some donos. And, and, re have, and real quick, you know, we always close. Feel free. We always close this thing out. Alex, <laughs> Mad Dog, and Irish Connection, you close us out tonight. You got anything you want to say? Uh, for, for, for me personally this has been great um, uh, and honestly I, I really do think that uh, you guys might be onto something here um, you know it, the retail workers in general uh, are not represented uh, and uh, from, from almost any perspective and I, I really think that um, it would be a great space for people to kind of vent uh, and maybe even in the end kind of make a bit, some changes so I think it's a great idea. Keep it up, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Awesome. Mad Dog. Yeah, I really enjoy it because um, if not, I'm going to have, like, PTSD <laughs> and, you know, mental breakdowns. And <laughs> well, that's the whole purpose of this is to give give people, just every, anyone who wants to come in, even if you don't even work retail and you just hate your work life like I do. <laughs> you know, it's just a nice place just to – 
just nice to be able to talk about it. All right, guys. Well, once again, thank y'all for being here. We'll let you guys loose. Uh, Irish Connection, go get some sleep. I know it's late there, Mad Dog. I'll be in touch with both of y'all in the next 24 hours. Alex, you have a good night, bro. And we'll see everybody next time. All Bye, guys. Y'all have a good one.